welcome to Engaged in Conversation, the podcast from Engaged Solutions Group. Richard, thank you for coming to our studio this morning. It's no great problem. to see you again. Um, and um, I thought it'd be really useful if you just obviously introduce yourself and talk a bit about your wonderful organization, your national company that you run, um, and just give us an overview of, the, of what you're doing there at the moment. So uh, my name is Richard Fraser. I'm the CEO of Frankel Topping Group. Um, We've been around in Manchester for 40 years now. We originated in 1979 as a forensic accountancy practice. So there was a John Frankel, there was a Mike Topping. And they specialised in providing litigation support for lawyers and barristers who were dealing with large value personal injury and medical negligence claims. So these are catastrophic injuries. These are very serious spinal injuries, brain injuries. Um, And that's how the business started. Uh, They provided the forensic accountancy support. And then as the business developed, we then got involved on the investment side as an independent financial advisor. And in 1989, we actually did the very first in the United Kingdom, what was called a structured settlement. So if somebody gets their damages, that's paid as a lump sum. Once you get the lump sum, though, you've got the the risk of inflation, investment risk, longevity. Will your damages last as long as you do? Uh, Which is a problem for people. What the structured settlement did was to take part of the damages and give the claimant tax-free income for the rest of their life. So this was a case of Cathy Kelly. Cathy was a nurse. She was involved in a very serious accident. She was left in a coma and her husband was killed. Cathy's life expectation in 1984 was 15 years, so to 1999. By putting the structured settlement in place, we guaranteed her income for the rest of her life. Cathy actually died at Easter 2019, 20 years after her expected life expectation, which, and, and if we had not had the structure, her damages would have run out many, many years ago. But what this did was it gave us a foothold into this whole personal injury and clinical negligence marketplace. What happens to somebody pre-settlement, the whole litigation process? Because in the United Kingdom, you're put, the, what the law says is you will be put back in the same financial position you would have been, but for the accident. So we do not have these huge pecuniary losses here like they do in America. You know, you hear about somebody going into McDonald's, they get scalding coffee on the knee and they get $13 million doesn't happen here. You just put back in the same financial position. So we've been involved for the last 30 years building our brand as Fenkel Topping by providing litigation support pre-settlement. So we do loss of earnings reports, pension loss reports, and we do a report at the settlement to say, well, what should be tax-free income and what should be a lump sum? The whole point of what we're trying to do is to become the trusted advisor. So when the client gets their damages, um, we instructed to look after the assets and we now have circa 1.2 billion pounds that we look after our, our clients managed on a very conservative basis. We have a, a 99% retention ratio of our clients which we're very very proud of because having got them as a client we just don't want to lose them so our you know our commitment to the service and looking after them is is paramount to what we do. Do you think that the transition through COVID has been has, is here to stay? Because it's been a very traditional face-to-face environment, hasn't it? Absolutely. People wearing suits and yeah. ties and that whole kind of, especially in your financially regulated, slightly different to the maybe the SRA regulation yeah. in legal. Um, how do you how have you seen that changing, and, and what do you think is here to stay from that journey? Well, you only have to look at me, right? I'm, I left school at 18, uh, 42 years. I've been institutionalised. I got up in the morning, put a shirt, tie, suit on, went to work at 8 o'clock in the morning. Um, I firmly believe as CEO, I had to be seen to be the first one in the morning, last one to leave in the evening. 
um, sat in traffic for two hours in the morning, two hours in an evening, COVID hit, and I honestly thought I'd struggle. And actually, from a personal perspective, one of the best things that's ever happened to me, because I understood now you don't have to be in the office. You don't have to be there all the time. You know, I'm dressed, I haven't worn a suit properly for many months now. I mean, I'd, when I go to the city and I'm presenting, I do. And sometimes if I've got a meeting office, I will. But now we're all dressed like this, far more relaxed. We have flexible work in the office. We use, we're using technology far more. But I think there's a long, long way for us to go. I think both with the lawyers, and I know one of the SRA's directors to try and get them to become, to digitalize and, and to use technology. And we're exactly the same. You know, we are outdated um, with the way that we interact with our clients, the way we interact with our staff. Hence one of the reasons why we're engaging with Engage Solutions, because yeah. we fundamentally believe that we have to get better at how we get our message and communicate out both to our staff, our stakeholders and stuff, but also our clients as well. And that's a cultural transformation almost, isn't it? If you've got people that have been offering financial advice to clients for 20 years, in their suits and ties, all of a sudden, it, are people comfortable giving finan regulated financial advice now in jeans and t-shirts? I mean, is it kind of, yeah. how far does it go? Well, it's interesting actually, because uh, occasionally going back, at when, when I used to fear, and I don't fear anymore, but when I did, I would get a lawyer sometimes saying to me, look, don't turn up in your suit today, because of the fact it would be far better if you just turn up in jeans and a t-shirt. Yeah. So I suppose you're just taking that, for, it's just each time you just, look at the individual you're dealing with and talk to the lawyer. And if they feel it's appropriate for you to go suited and booted, fine. But a lot of the time, most people today don't, they get frightened. They get intimidated by the man turn up in the suit. Yeah. They'd rather see somebody dressed like this. They far, feel far more comfortable and open when you yeah. speak to people like that. Yeah. Talk me through then some of the headline challenges, some of the engagement challenges, I guess, that you've, that you've faced. Yeah, I think um, the big big thing now for us is integration. Is you know we've got twelve brands within the group now, covering many many different services. So how do we integrate that? But more important, how do we communicate? How do we get our message out to three hundred odd staff and to have the the values that the what we fundamentally is our culture? How do we get that out to all our uh, clients? Culturally, everybody we engage with had to fit into the way we saw the world, and if they didn't, then we didn't continue with them because I don't want that. I want people who are engaged, understand ultimately who we're looking after, which is some of the most vulnerable people in our society. They've had a life-changing, catastrophic event either to themselves, husband, wife, children, and having to deal with somebody who's disabled is hard enough without all that then goes around it with the litigation process. And then ultimately having half a million, one, two, three million pounds to invest, which has then got to last for the lifetime to provide the care requirements, the physiotherapy, the occupational therapy, the, the equipment they need for the rest of their life on an uncertain life expectation. So the people had to buy into whom and what we are and who, who ultimately we look after. And to try and achieve that sense of joined up purpose and being, I suppose, culturally, you, you've got some values, haven't you? Do you want to just share how you came about those values and how you bring them to life? Yeah, I mean, it's it's an evolving process, isn't it, as you, as you, as you go through. Um, um, and, and, and we've started on a, another journey, which is B Courts, B Corporation. I don't know if you've heard of B Courts, but we, we started that to sort of show, uh, you know, exactly what our values are, which is, to, you know, to respect each other, to make sure you deal with each other, uh, your commitment, your loyalty. Um, you know, if you say you're going to do something, you do it. You know, you, you 
principle, I'm a man of my word, a man of principles, and I always have been. I've always said to people, I will treat with your utmost respect. You'll never lie to me, because the moment you lie to me, you have a problem. And even if you make a mistake, be honest about it. Because if you've made a mistake, we can deal with it. We can sort it out. The moment you start to try and cover that mistake up and start to lie, that's when problems start. And it's just about that respect as human beings to you, to each other, to our staff, to our clients and the solicitors we deal with. That's great. And when you've got the growth that you've had, 12 different businesses spread across the UK... How do you, obviously the, 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 a lot of those businesses have been trading for many years, haven't they? And they're quite established in their brands and you've kept most of those brands in play, haven't yeah. you? So, certainly for now, I don't know what your strategy is moving forward. Mm. But uh, so it comes with that, lots of different cultures, I suppose, lots mm. of different challenges. How have you found integrating that so quickly? Well, it is, it's a challenge and it's an ongoing challenge. You know, that is that is part of what we're trying to do now as we move forward. And, and you know, part of that solution is, is in engaging with the Engage app and, and helping that communication. And you're right, there are different cultures within there and the businesses have gone for a long time. You know, we so we have um, we have a regular newsletter that goes out, uh, FT United, which on a monthly basis, which tells everybody in the group what's happening. We celebrate uh, uh, promotions, we celebrate wins, um, exam successes throughout the whole group. Um, and we also have an annual conference when we bring everybody together to share our values. Integration needs to be ongoing because everybody needs to feel the part of the group as a whole. And, and we have a lot of plans for what we, where we want to get to in the future. I suppose it's a hard world in which you operate, really, because if you look at the individuals, your clients, so to speak, you know, it's, it, there's, a, there's, a, there's a real story behind each one of those, which is quite powerful and emotional, isn't it? I mean, is that hard for your team to, to be exposed to that all the time? Uh, yes. Uh, my, uh, the reason I, I'm sat here today is my brother broke his back when he was 18, 1988, fell out of his first year at Newcastle University, fell out of a window and broke his back. So he's been in a wheelchair now for 30, over 30 years. Wow. To this day, um, my mum cannot look at a photograph of our Andrew pre-accident, then that's the odd years later, or what might have been. Um, he had a very successful career. He joined the Inland Revenue Graduate Fast Track Scheme. It was, in fact, the senior inland revenue advisor to Gordon Brown's budget of 99 and 2000, uh, but had to retire at 48 because he started to get really bad arthritis in his shoulders. Uh, and if his shoulders went, then that's his independence gone. Um, so that's just one of the effects of using your shoulders as your legs for 20, 20 odd years. So I've seen what happens to a family when you get that, because effectively um, I uh, became the parent because my mum and dad just couldn't cope. I was 28 at the time. Um, and and uh, they just crumbled. So I be- I stepped in and became parent instead of son. So it had an effect on me. And in fact, to this day, my wife says to me, the reason I don't get upset about anything is because I suppressed a lot of emotion at the time okay. of, of, of the accident. And a lot of our, particularly some of our uh, fans have got sub Steve's got a cerebral palsy brother. So a lot of our oh, okay. clients, uh, Claire's got a, an autistic child. So a lot of have gone through and understand what it you know the emotion and the trauma around uh, a family member close family member that has something catastrophic happens to them wow so in a way it's a sense of cohesion isn't it it's a sense of bringing it together with a, a shared experience that's right and the one thing i always say to all all our staff is never ignore the individual even if they don't know who you are just touch the hand on their arm and say hi you know, Peter, Sally, whatever, really nice to meet you. And I'm here to look after your money, but I'm going to speak to your mum and dad about it. You've got to acknowledge that individual. 
one of the things that I suppose is is do you do you foster a sense of community within your clients because they're all having that shared experience yeah. I know everyone is different yeah. hugely different yeah. but is there anything that connects them together is there an opportunity I, to I think there's a huge opportunity to, to do that um, and, and, and you know we, we so our mantra in the business is life after life changing events but I think there is to share to share what's happened so to give you an example um, one of our clients Ali um, who's 17 now was misdiagnosed with meningitis at 15 months old. So she's a quadruple amputee, amputee uh, wow. uh, the elbows and the knees. Um, Ellie won a silver medal at the Beijing Olympics and the Paralympics last September. Uh, she's the most inspirational young woman I have ever met in my life. Uh, she, she just gets on with it. I've got a season... <laughs> Unfortunately, at the moment, I've got a season ticket at Old Trafford, um, <laughs> which is not the greatest place to be. But they, her and her dad are Arsenal fans, so I took them to the game. And I think you know the opportunity to share stories like that into the wider community, absolutely. And it's one of the our aspirations of part of what we're doing now. This whole engagement with our clients create that community. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I can I, I talk a lot about the three C's of engagement: the audiences that matter most to a business. And they are your colleagues, your customers, and that wider sense of community. Getting communities engaged on your brand. And I think you're a really good example where there's so much potential mm-hmm. on that last C, the community, that sense of being, that sense of togetherness, and also providing a safe space for those yeah. individuals to, to interact Absolutely. and engage together. Because that's often missing. With mainstream social media, it's very hard to create those safe private spaces. So I totally agree with you, you know, on the three C's and, and, and I think we would very much like to create that community within both our, you know, internally but externally as well. What we really need is people engaging so that it's coming from everybody in the business of things that are happening. You know, one of the things we do, for example, within the group is, is have you heard of Mary Seacole, the nurse? So she, yes, she was a, a very famous black nurse and helped to nurse in the UK and there's a, there's a statue down in, in Richmond but there's a garden in Leeds and we helped to maintain the Mary Seacole garden um you know and our staff are doing that constantly um there's up in salford here there's the brain and spinal injuries charity basic which you know we we getting heavily involved in there's opportunity to volunteer there and help them you know that and i think that can be driven by our staff you know getting them engaged so rather than it all coming effectively from the top down it comes more from the bottom up and so yeah. it becomes everybody's communication tool not just ours in in management yeah so if you have a kind of Visionary magic wand in, say, five or ten years' time, where do you see Frankel Topping being? What's the vision for the business? So where I'd like to see is, is, is I think, technology and the use, we're so far behind, I think, that we need to have, you know, what last two years has taught me is the digitalization of the business, the, the communication, how we engage with both, like you said, internal staff, our clients and, and the community. It's to create a group. So we are seeing... Is a f- and it doesn't matter whether you've got a personal injury claim or not, if you've got anything that you need when it comes to a disability, we're the first port of call. You know, our brand is known throughout yeah. the UK that we have a platform there. And it, whether it's a, a wheelchair, whether it's a hoist, whether it's physiotherapy, occupational therapy, whether it's an adapted car, whether it's getting your tax return done or holiday, whatever you need, you, our platform is the place to go to find that information, whether it's from a charitable end, whether it's from a litigation end, it's irrelevant that you can come and find that out. And that brand is known throughout the whole of the UK as the place to go to find that information. So that's the vision. 
I love that. And it's such an authentic and purposeful uh, vision to have, isn't it, for society in, in general? And I think that's fan fantastic. And on that note, is this a UK only thing or could you see this extending into other territories? Um, I mean, there are some territories around the world that have a similar system. I mean, India and Australia particularly, but I think there's so much to be done in the UK. Yeah, to first, with you. Yeah. I think we just focus on on getting that, you know, bringing all that together and, and, and you know, just trying to work more towards this cohesion, particularly between social care and NHS, for example. I mean, I know Andy Burnham here in Manchester has got a, one of his uh, election mantras was try and get that joined up approach from, because you, you've been in hospital, you've been in a major trauma centre. I'll give you an example, right? So one of the things we do, because we do work in NHS, our charitable foundation gives each of the major trauma advance advisors a debit card with £3,000 on it. Because only circa 25 to 30% of the people who go into the major trauma centre will ever have a claim. 60%, 65% don't. You wouldn't believe what people haven't got enough to buy a pyjama to, to go home in. You know, the wife has to decide, do I put food on the table for the ch children or do I get a taxi to see my husband who's lying up? It is quite unbelievable. I mean, only the other week we had an, an older gentleman who had a very severe ortho, uh, leg injury, was losing a lot of blood. Stabilised him quite quickly, but his injuries to his legs meant he couldn't climb stairs. The family couldn't afford to buy a single bed to put in a room downstairs so he could go home. So because the advisor had our charitable debit card, they bought him a bed. So we, could, so we got him home to his family, but freed up a bed for, the, um, yeah. for him to go home. So I think there's so much to do around this whole engagement between what happens to somebody. You then extend it into the elderly and how the elderly are looked after. Uh, between social care and there is so much to do in in this country yeah well, I, yeah I, I love what you're saying and I totally agree and I think I'm involved in another uh, organization called vocal and that's very much about strengthening the voice of business leaders and the business community in the UK and I think that there's a lot of talk around that transitioning into government and that interplay between biz the business world and how we can impact the wider community and the wider sense of you know, what, what we can do, I how we can impact the, the greater good, if you like. Yeah, I mean, I went to, a couple of years ago, June 19, I went to one of the World Business Forums down in London, and I can't remember the chapter, but it was a Harvard professor talking. And he actually said, he said, the, the only way change will come, whether that is through social, you know, socially making change or environmental change, it's not going to come from non-for-profit organisations. It will not come from governments. It will come from business and business leaders who understand and coming together and don't realise it's not all about profitability of the business, and it's about what happens. And on that note, what's been really interesting in the last two years for me is, prior to COVID, it was the old Jerry Maguire film, when I went to speak to him, I said, show me the money. That's all they were interested in. You know, what's your balance sheet? What's your cash position? What's your EBITDA? What's your earnings per share? That has changed quite dramatically in the last two years, and we get asked more and more about how our culture, our values, our clients, and so much so that I did um, uh, coin the phrase during, which seemed to go down quite well, that we are actually caring capitalists, that we are capitalists and we're there to make money for ourselves, but we care about what we do. We have a reason, our reason why for what we do is very, very strong. Yeah, and that's really obvious listening to you today and, and looking at what your business is doing. So really, honestly, congratulations for that. Thank and you. I think if we, 
all the other business leaders out there could do that, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? Because it really would make a huge difference. Maybe we could start a movement. Maybe we should, yeah. Yes. And I think on that note, Richard, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. I really appreciate you sharing your insights and your experiences today. No, Thank you very no much. No problem. Enjoyed it. Thank you.